Amen. Let's stand all across the house. Let's lift our hands unto the Lord. God, we need you in this house tonight. Jesus, you know every heart, you know every situation, you know every life in this place. God, we see the faces, but you see the heart. We see the outward, but you see the inward, God. We may see someone that looks all put together, but you see what's going on within the secret places of the heart and life. And tonight, God, we just ask you, Lord, that you would work among your people. Lord, we're reaching for you right now, God. We're asking you, God, to be in this place. We're asking you, Lord, to speak to each and every one of us, God. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, let's go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 29, beginning in verse number 1. Give honor to Pastor Bradford. Give honor to this church. Amen. Thank you to everybody. Um, supporting the new church we're trying to start in Southwest Bakersfield, having service on Thursdays at 7, Saturdays at 4, and then one service a month. The third Thursday of the month, we combine with GBFPC for a bigger service. Amen. Trying to go on outreach every Saturday that we can. Uh, yesterday, I was going on outreach, and um, I wasn't necessarily going to go on outreach because we had a lot going on. We had food and things like that for a service yesterday, and I went by some apartments that I consider to be our territory because they're close to the church, and I seen the doors covered with somebody else's flyers. And I got my door hangers, got out of my car, went to that apartment complex, and without giving you all the details, when that person got to their door, there was only one door hanger on it, and it was mine. And uh, maybe someone at the county dump is going to receive the flyers uh, later when it gets there. Amen. But when they got to their door, our flyers were there. Amen. Thank you to everybody, seriously, that supports us. Uh, there's people that support us that nobody probably even knows about. People praying for us that we don't even know about and realize. And I thank you, appreciate you. If you want to find more information about us, you haven't heard about us before, you can look up Project 39 Bakersfield. We have a website. We have YouTube channels with services and preaching and things like that. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 1. Now I'm going to read all the way until verse number 14. It says, Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of the elders which were carried away captives, and to the priests and to the prophets, and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. After that, Jeconiah the king and the queen and the eunuchs and princes of Judah and Jerusalem and the carpenters and the smiths were departed from Jerusalem. By the hand of Elisah the son of Shaphan and Jeremiah or Jemariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent unto Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Build you houses, and dwell in them, and plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives, and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, that you may give, and give your daughters to husbands, that you may bear sons and daughters. And that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives. And pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which, have ye, caused to, ye, which ye caused to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, that after... 70 years, everybody say 70 years, 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place when I caused you to be carried away captive and a lot of reading but tonight I'm going to preach for a few moments on this title on the other side of Babylon on the other side of Babylon if you would put your Bibles down let's lift our hands one more time God we ask you to be with us for the remainder of this service we ask you Lord to speak something to each and every one of our hearts right now God we pray that we could prepare our hearts for the word of God to receive it and to be the good ground and there's be a, there'd be a fruitfulness that comes forth out of the seed God and that you would help us and Lord to help us make decisions that we need to make uh, in the, the season that we're in God and you would help us Lord to find you Lord and to make sure of our salvation God and to make sure that we're right with you. God, more than anything else, Lord, we want to be right with you and we want to be saved. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says amen. 
Amen. We will get back to Jeremiah chapter number 29, but I will begin by simply saying this. The world is going to get worse. The world is going to get worse. The Bible says that in the last days that men shall have itching ears, seducing spirits, says that their consciences will be seared with a hot iron, says that the hearts will grow cold and men's hearts will wax worse and worse. And in the end, I mean, it's not going to get better, but it's going to get worse. There's a lot of people today that would hope that maybe if the right person is elected to be president, that things will get better. Maybe if they pass the, light, the right laws, that things will improve. Maybe they think that there's some hero that's going to arrive on the scene and it's going to change everything. The world lately has been a very different place. We've seen the power of disease. We've seen the rumors of war. We've heard rumors of nuclear war. We've heard rumors of nuclear war even in our own country. There's been worries and fears because of countries that have missiles pointed at us that could push the button at any moment and destroy cities and kill millions. I'm just trying to open this message up tonight to remind you of where we're at in the world today. We are at the end of the world. We are at the last hour. We are at the end of days. We are at the place when Jesus said that he would come quickly. If we go to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 and verse 1, it says, But of the times and of the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. I'm just wanting to tell somebody tonight is that the world is going to hell. The world is on the brink of destruction. The world is not going to get better, but the world is going to continue to get worse. We're not going to change the world. The world is set in the direction that it wants to go, and we need to pray that we're ready when Jesus returns for his church. This doesn't have to be a discouraging message to you tonight, but this can be an encouraging message to you tonight because while the world is going to hell, the Lord is returning for a church. While the world is going their way and while there will be sudden destruction for this place called earth, when the world is getting worse, the church is getting stronger. When the world is getting darker, the church is getting brighter. I just want to preach to somebody, if there's ever been a time to live for God, if there's ever been a time to be full of God's spirit, if there's ever been a time to be baptized in Jesus' name and to make sure that you are right with God, it's right now. This is not a discouraging message, but I want to tell somebody, Get in while you still can. Find God while you still can. Repent of every sin. Turn towards the Lord and change your life because the destruction is on the way. Oh, we can lift our hands right now. Come on, I'm just preaching to somebody with a warning tonight is that this world is getting worse and it's going to continue to get worse until the earth is destroyed. He said that in those times... They shall say peace and safety, but sudden destruction will come upon them as travail upon a woman with child. Matthew chapter number 24 and verse number 35 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noe were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noe entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill the one shall be taken and the other left watch therefore for you know not what hour your Lord doth come but know this that if the good men of the house had known in which watch the thief would come he would have watched and would have not suffered his house to be broken up therefore be you also ready for in such an hour as you think not the son of man cometh I just want to tell somebody we don't know the day we don't know the hour we don't know the moment but there's coming a moment when the portals of glory are going to open up and 
and the Lord Jesus Christ is going to step out and call those that have lived for him to go on to eternity in heaven. I just want to preach to somebody. The end of the world is upon us. The end of the world is upon us. The end of the world is upon us. Not only is the end of the world upon us, but it says that in those days, it's going to be the same as it was in the days of Noah. The days of Noah is when God looked down and he saw that wickedness covered the earth completely. There was nobody that was interested in God. There was nobody that was interested in serving him. There was nobody interested in his word. But it says that God saw a man named Noah and Noah found grace in the sight of God. Let me preach to somebody that when the world is going to hell and your family's not interested and your friends are not interested, oh come on, and everybody you know just doesn't seem to be interested, you can find grace in the sight of God you may come to church oh come on somebody you may come to church all by yourself but you can make it living for God you may be in the foster system but you can make it living for God Come on, you may come to church and there's people at home that don't come with you but you can make it living for God when the entire world oh come on somebody When the entire world was on its way to hell and the flood was coming, Noah found grace in the sight of God. You can find grace. You may have been raised in a crack house. You may have been raised in a flop house or a trap house. You may have seen needles with black liquid tar heroin in them growing up, but you can be saved. You can be delivered. You can be set free. You may be seated. Let me just give a little notation here to the visitors. To the visitors tonight, we sang some exciting songs, and you may have seen some people step out and do some things you've never seen in your life. You may have seen some people do the funky chicken. You may have seen some people do the YMCA. You may have seen some people do the sprinkler. You may have seen some people do the electric slide. You may have seen some crazy dance moves in this house tonight. But let us introduce ourselves to you. We were not what we are now when God found us. We were broken. So when we dance, we're dancing because God put our life back together. When we worship, it may look a little crazy, but I'd rather be crazy in the church than crazy in the club. Crazy on Sunday night than wasted on Monday morning. I just want to tell you, you saw some craziness. You should have saw me before God picked me up and saved me. Woo! When I came out, I came out with boldness. I had overdosed on drugs. I was on the way to prison. I was in the jail cell, but God called me out. You may have snickered when you saw some of these sisters dancing around the front, but if you would have seen them on the road to committing suicide, you would know why they were dancing the way they were dancing. If you had seen them when they were addicted to drugs and alcohol and pills, you would understand why I worship the way I worship. It's not for your entertainment, but it's for worship to God. Oh, come on, somebody. Do you worship the way that God saved you? Do you worship God, amen, in a way that shows what he's done in your life? When I came out, I came out with boldness. God's done so much for me. I can't sit here and just act like I'm a professional church member. He's done so much for me that I cannot tell it all. Why don't you look what the Lord has done? He healed my body. He saved my mind. He changed me just in time. He took the shackles off my feet so I can dance. He broke the chains and bands so I can lift my hands. He put a joy down in my soul. I've got to let the whole world know I've come to praise him. I wonder if we could take about 15 seconds and just praise God like he's done something for us. Come on, somebody, lift up your hands and worship the Lord. You may be seated. In the days of Noah, those are the representation we get of what it's going to be like in the last days. Can you imagine? This time, they had never seen rain before. So, when God spoke to Noah, and he said, Noah, I'm going to flood the earth. It's going to rain. What's rain? Well, let me explain it to you. Water is going to fall. It's going to cover the earth, and everything on the earth is going to be destroyed. You need to build an ark for yourself, for your family, for the animals that I'm going to save and you need to be ready for that day to come. And they say anywhere from 100 to 120 years, Noah built the ark. And you can imagine, like it said, as the days of Noah were, that people are walking by the ark. What is that? 
God told me that water is going to fall from the sky and it's going to flood the earth and the earth is going to be destroyed. Dude, you're crazy, bro. I don't know what they had to get high on back then, but people probably thought he was on it. This dude's a hallucinating visionary hearing voices from the sky said they're going to send water. And he just kept building. He just kept getting another nail ready. Kept getting his wood ready. Kept getting his hammer ready. Kept getting the measurements ready. And continued to build something because he knew that God spoke to him and told him that as the earth is being destroyed, you will be saved. And it says that as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the man, son of man be. Can you imagine how foolish they thought Noah was? Can you imagine how, how, how crazy they thought he was? But when the first raindrop fall in a moment, Noah became the most successful person that ever lived on planet earth because he obeyed God. And in that moment, those people that doubted, those people that didn't believe, those people that weren't interested, it was too late. They had a chance when the ark was open and it wasn't raining yet. But when the first raindrop fell and Noah got his family in the ark and closed the door. They could scratch on the side but they weren't getting in. They could knock on it but they weren't getting in. They could try to climb up and over but they weren't getting in because it was too late for them to be saved. I want to preach to somebody tonight that's never lived for the Lord. You don't know who God is. You've never prayed. You've never read the word of God. I want to tell you tonight, get right with God before it's too late. Because like it was in the days of Noah, so it's also going to be at the end of the earth. You may not believe in God, but you're going to believe in God in that moment when you stand before him in judgment. You may not believe in Jesus Christ. You may not believe in the cross, but when he stands there, it says we're going to see the wounds in his hands. We're going to behold the one that died for us. And he's not going to ask you if you were a good person. He's not going to ask you if you were a great worker. He's not going to ask you if you paid your taxes. He's not going to ask you if you loved your family. He's going to ask you, did you love me? And did you serve me? Did you repent of your sin? and give me your life not only that but I feel like there's memories from hell that they can remember places back on earth I wonder if you'll remember this night and you'll say I remember what that preacher preached about being lost forever I remember what that preacher preached about eternity and about being left behind and I wonder if you'll wish a thousand million times over that you could come back tonight and do it all over again Oh, there's people in hell that would beg you to change your life before it's too late. Oh, if hell could speak to you tonight, it says that hell hath enlarged itself. I'm not preaching to you a message that's a discouraging message, but I'm preaching to you an encouraging message that there's still time to get it right. There's still time to live for God. There's still time to repent of your sins. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus right now. I just pray somehow, some way, God, that you would penetrate down into somebody's heart that's a cold atheist. Somebody that says, I'm only here because somebody invited me, but I don't even believe in God. That God would shake you. That God would break up the fallow ground. That God would break you open so that he could change your heart. I just want to preach to somebody the fear of God that it's too late if you wait until it's over. Get right with God today. Tomorrow is not promised. You may be seated. Just want to preach to somebody that if you wait too long, there will be a moment when it's too late. And you will remember this place. You may remember me. You may remember the stories. You may remember the date. But it'll be too late. The world is going to get worse. And today, we are living in modern-day Babylon. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, to go back to our opening reading, the Lord speaks to the children of Israel that are in Babylon. And he tells them, you have prophets that have told you that you're not going to be there a long time. He's told you not to get established. Has told you to be ready to leave at any moment. He said, but I tell you, all those that are carried away, build you houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take you wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters a husband that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. Even though we're in Babylon, doesn't mean that we give up on life. Just because God has saved us doesn't mean that there's not any other work for us to do. 
I wish that every day could be a 24-hour prayer meeting. I wish that every day could just be at the church. I wish that every day could just be separated from this world of confusion and hurt and sin. But the truth is that we are in this world. We are in this world to work. We are in this world to raise our children. We are in this world with responsibilities of our household. We're in this world to provide. We're in this world to defend. We are in this world. But we are not of this world. We are in this world as a citizen of the United States, but our greater citizenship is in heaven. Before I worry about the, the elephant or I worry about the donkey, I'm more concerned about the Lamb of God. I'm more concerned about being a Christian than I am being a Democrat or Republican, conservative or liberal. My allegiance is not to the state of California. My allegiance is not to the United States of America, but my allegiance is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And His Word is what I follow. His Word is what I base my life upon. His Word is my law. His Word, come on somebody, is my ordinance. His Word is my commandments. His Word is my leader. His Word is my GPS system. His word is my daily bread. I do not get employed by the United States. I don't even get employed by my boss, but God gives and God takes away. The Lord reigneth over the earth. It says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. And while we're in this world, the world can be a depressing place. And what I really want to preach tonight is to the saints in Babylon. The saints that are living for God and trying to do their best. The saints that have been living for God for a long time and have done a lot of work for the kingdom of God, done a lot of work for your family. You've been there, you've prayed, you've fasted, you've believed, you've done everything you can do. I wanna to preach to the mothers and the fathers that are living in these uncertain times trying to raise your children. To the mother who's gotta get a bunch of kids ready for church and there's some times when you don't know if it's worth it. Oh, I want to preach to some parents. You're sending your kids to Christian school and you're wondering if it's worth it. You're giving of your finances. You're giving of your time. You're giving of your effort and you're wondering, is it really worth it? Oh, you're trying to do something for your family, but sometimes it gets tiring and sometimes you grow weary and sometimes you're uncertain because even though we live for God and even though we serve God, it's not like God just rolls out the red carpet and the rest of our days are going to be as easy as possible. But even though we live for God, we're still in Babylon. Even though we live for God, there's still going to be some struggles. Even though we live for God, there's still going to be some health problems. Come on, you can live for God and be faithful and do nothing wrong and find out that you have cancer in your body. Find out that you have an issue that there's no solution for. Find out that you need surgery. Find out that your bones are messed up. Find out that your blood, there's something wrong with your heart and there's, there's nothing they can do but operate. I just want to preach to somebody, to the saints in Babylon. That there's some hard times and there's some dark nights and there's some uncertain seasons. Oh, come on, there's some people in here, you don't make a lot of money, but you're trying your best to live for God. Come on, the PG&E bill, three or four hundred dollars because it's summertime. And the gas price is six dollars because of, well, I'm not going to say who, but because of somebody. And, and because of everything in our world, the, the housing prices have gone up. A house that was $140,000 in the year 2014 is now $320,000, $340,000. This is an expensive time to live. And there's some times when we just want to check out. Because you know why? We expect God to change everything immediately. Come on, we, we, we really want to live for God and we really want to serve God, but God, it'd be nice if you would make this a little bit easier than it is and you would take away some of the struggles and you would take away some of the storms and if you could just put a little bit of more money in my bank account, God, it'd be a whole lot easier to live for you. But I want to tell somebody tonight that I'm not living for God for the blessings and I'm not living for God that he could give me anything, but my greatest desire is to be saved. My greatest desire is for my children to be saved. If I've got to spend a little bit of money to put them in Christian school, I'd rather that than them to learn that there's more than two genders and to learn about transformation surgeries. I'm just telling somebody tonight how it is. We're living in Babylon. Amen. They're not afraid to shove it in our face. I'll tell you that homosexuality is still a sin. It's still a sin to change your gender it's still a sin I'm telling you that because the church is on its last stand and I don't want you to go to hell oh that's hateful it's hateful to tell a six-year-old that he can make a permanent decision for his life you may be seated I'm preaching to the saints in Babylon tonight but do we give up do we turn back do we backslide no we keep building build your homes Dwell in them, plant gardens, eat in the fruit of them. Take your wives, beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your son, give your daughters a husband, and that you may bear sons and daughters and be increased there. 
This is not where I want to be, but while I'm where I'm not where I want to be, I'm going to be everything God has called me to be. Let me just preach to somebody right now. There's an easy way to escape, and there's an easy way to get out of things and be lost. Oh, you would save some money, but you'd be lost. You would save some time, but you'd be lost. Oh, come on, you'd save some energy, but you'd be lost. Jesus said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? And there's some of you don't even have the opportunity to gain the whole world, and you're still about to lose your soul over the things of this world. I'm preaching to the saints in Babylon tonight. We're looking to the left, we're looking to the right, we're looking for a way out. But he says, establish yourselves. Commit yourself. Make a commitment because you're going to be there for a while. There are some people that have lied to you and told you that God is going to take you out immediately and things are going to get better. But I want to preach to somebody that even when things don't get better, God is still good. Even when things don't change, God is still faithful. And I'm going to trust in God. I said, I'm going to trust in God. I said, I'm going to trust in God. Even in the midst of Babylon, I'm going to trust in God. Musicians may come. I'm almost finished. wonder if we could pray for just a moment. God, I'm trying to preach to some saints in Babylon tonight. Some people that have been discouraged. Some people that have been in the struggle. Some people that are they're working, not making a lot of money. Come on. Wish you could drive a nicer car, but you can't afford it. Wish you could have a nicer house, but you can't afford it. Wish you could live a better life, but you can't afford it. Wish you could take your kids to vacation, but you can't afford it. God is still faithful. God is still good. And you still belong to Jesus. And you should still live for God. It was Ruth, as we all stand, I'm almost finished. It was Ruth when she got to the crossroads between Moab and Judah. And her mother-in-law looked at her and said, Ruth, I have nothing left to give you. I don't have any sons. I don't have any opportunities. I literally have nothing to give you. And you know what Ruth said? Wherever you go, I want to go. And wherever you stay, that's where I want to stay. Wherever you lodge, that's where I'm going to lodge, and your God will be my God. Your people shall be my people. That's the attitude of a person that says, I'm tired of living in Babylon. I'm not interested in what the church can give me. I'm not interested in what opportunities it can afford me. I'm not interested in any of that. But even when you can't give me anything, Naomi, I still want to live for God because this world is lost and on its way to hell. I'm tired of Moab. I'm tired of the world of confusion. I'm tired of the pain. I'm tired of living for for this world and giving everything I have and not getting anything in return. It's an attitude of somebody that says, you know what, even when it can't get me anything, even when there's no opportunities, I still want to live for God because a relationship with Him is more important than anything else. I'm not looking for a handout. I'm not looking for lunch. I'm not looking for dinner. I'm looking for God. Psalms chapter 137 in verse 1, it says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. It says, We hanged our hearts upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they carried us away captive, required of us a song, and wasted of us, required of us myrrh, saying, Sing unto us one of the songs of Zion. And then in verse 4, it says, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? I want to preach to somebody right now. Is it you're ready to give up on church? You're ready to give up completely on God? Because things are hard right now. And you're feeling burnout. And you don't know if it's going to be worth it. You don't know if it's going to all pay off. It's hard right now. Everything is expensive. It's a difficult season for all of us. Believe me. But did you know what would happen at the end of the 70 years? God said in, in, in Psalms chapter 90, verse 10, I believe, He said that the days of man are 70 years. 70 years is a lifetime. I wouldn't ask you to raise your hand, but there's some people in here that are 70 years and above, that have lived through some dark seasons, that have struggled, that have went through it, but have held on. Come on, this church was built on people that held on when times got tough. This isn't the first time it's been difficult. But there's some pillars in this church. And there's a church that's on its way to 80 years because of some people that sacrificed and continued to make sure that there was a church in this area. Make sure there was a Sunday school department. Make sure that there was an outreach department. Make sure, amen, that the church was there. Because at the end of the 70 years that God told them they would be in Babylon, He told them that Babylon will be destroyed. But my people will be restored. At the end of the 70 years of Babylon, They're going to be completely removed off the face of the earth. But for my people, you will find restoration. He said, when you seek me, you shall find me when you search for me with all your hearts. How do we sing our songs in the the strange land that we're in? We sing them and say, God, I still trust in you, even when I don't understand what I'm going through right now. I'd rather be in the church and not know what God is doing in my life than to be in the world and know exactly where I'm going, no questions asked. 
There's some uncertainties and there's some things we don't understand, but I would rather live for God than do anything else. It was Joseph who, although he ended up in Potiphar's house as a slave, he said, I'll be the best slave you've ever had. Even when I'm in a situation where I don't want to be, and even when God has me in a place that I really, really honestly don't want to be, I'll make the best of it because I value my relationship with God more than anything else. Even when he went from being a slave to being a prisoner, he said, I'll be the best prisoner you've ever had because I'm holding on to the promises of God. I just want to tell somebody, at the end of it all, it was Joseph that stood next to the king, and I'm sure he was glad in that moment that he didn't give up at Potiphar's house, and he didn't give up when he got to the prison, and his family ended up being saved because he held on to the promises of God. I just want to preach to somebody that you may be in a hard season, you may be in a difficult time, but hold on for your family, hold on for your soul, hold on for your future. God is still in control and when the days of Babylon are over, it's going to be worth it all. Come on church, it's going to be worth every prayer meeting. It's going to be worth taking your kids to Sunday school. It's going to be worth giving to the church. It's going to be worth being involved. It's going to be worth going on outreach. When you stand before the Lord, the one that saved you, and you see him as he is in heaven, and you say, thank God I didn't give up. And you look to your left, and there's your son. And your son says, Dad, thank you for not giving up. And look to your side, and there's your grandma saying, thank you for not giving up. I prayed for you. I fasted for you. Come on, your friend that picked you up for church is going to hug you and say, thank you for doing what you did continuing to come to church look at Jesus look at heaven look at the beauty that God has here because you held on I want to preach to somebody it's time to hold on it's time to hold on I wonder right now which is very different but if the elders of the church you sit in the back Everybody else was shouting. You weren't shouting, but you were worshiping. I wonder right now if the elders of the church could make their way to the front and we could pray for the elders of this church, the elders that have lived in Babylon for a long time. God bless you, Sister Black. I wonder if some elders can make their way down to the front. Young people, this is what it's all about. They may not look like much, but Brother Green, he's done a lot for the work of God. He's done a lot of things for churches. Takes care of the church van. He's mowed lawns. He's painted. He's done carpet. He may not look like much to you, but there's a man that's held on to the things of God, even in the midst of Babylon. Come on, let's begin to pray for these elders. There's some elders here that have gone through battles with cancer. These are elders that have had their children backslide and never returned to the church. There's some people here that have lost husbands, that have lost their wives, but they held on to the things of God. We wouldn't have a church if it wasn't for these people standing around the front. Whatever ministry you're a part of, it would not be here if it wasn't for these people standing around the front. I want to value them. I want to respect them. I want to lean on them because they're the pillars of the church. There's some people in this altar that have back pain. There's some people in these altars that have problems with blood pressure and their knees don't work like they used to and their hips don't work like they used to. But in Revelation chapter 21, it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. I just want to tell somebody on the other side of Babylon, God is going to make all things new. He's going to wipe away every tear from your eye. I wonder if the church can begin to move in and pray for some of these elders. Come on church, I wonder if we can make a move and pray for some of them. Pray that God would give them peace. Pray that God would heal their bodies. Come on, they've prayed for more years than some of us have been alive. They've given to the church for more years than some of us have been alive. We owe them our prayers tonight.
That's it, sister. That's it, sister Lopez. God's hand is on your life. That's it, brother and sister Black. God's hand is on your life. Brother and sister Wilson, God's hand is on your wife. Brother Shockley, God's hand is on your life. God is faithful to those that are faithful to him. Well, that's it, brother Gary, sister Frida. God's hand is on your life. That's it, Sister Nola. God knows your faithfulness and great is your reward. Sister Comer, Sister King, Sister Grogan, Sister Westbury, Sister Black. Come on. Oh, that's it, Brother and Sister Green. Oh, that's it, Brother Powell. Come on, there's some elders that have sacrificed everything for there to be a church here. That's it, Brother and Sister McAllister. Sister Jenkins. Come on, let's strengthen the elders tonight. It was Moses. When Moses was an older man, his arms got tired. But there were some younger men that lifted his hands up. Tonight, we lift up the hands of the elders. On this side of Babylon, you may be tired. On this side of Babylon, you may be weak. On this side of Babylon, you may be weary. But on the other side of Babylon, there's peace that flows like a river. On the other side of Babylon, all the tears are going to be wiped away. There's not going to be any more pain. I just want to encourage some elders tonight that have lived for God. God has not forgotten you.
Revelation chapter 20 and verse 12 says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those books which were written in according to their works. And it says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged according to every man's works. It says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I just wonder if there's anybody in this house that says, God, I want to be saved. God, I don't want to be lost. I'm not asking you for your contact information. I'm not asking you to join an email list. I'm not even asking you to join a church. I'm asking you, would you lift up your hands and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Come on, is there somebody tonight, you visited the church for whatever reason it was, and God has spoken to you, and you have felt something in your heart tonight? God's Spirit has moved upon you. The first time I came to church, I was 12 years old on a group home bus. My hair was missing in the back from pulling it out at night. I had holes in my pants. I had holes in my shoes, and my life was broken. But when I lifted my hands, I began to feel the peace of God, and God added my name to that list. I just want to preach to somebody that's in Babylon tonight. It's time to get out of Babylon. Get your name on the lips of the Lamb's book of life. Do you want to be saved? I'm not asking you, do you want to change? Do you want to be a part of the church? Do you want to get on the contact list? Do you want to be invited to breakfast or lunch? I'm asking you, do you want to be saved? Do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to be saved when this world goes to hell? While the flood is coming? While the end of the world is coming? Do you want to be saved while you still have a chance? Come on, I'm pulling for somebody tonight. If there's anybody tonight that wants to step forward, Say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I don't even know who you are. I've never prayed before in my life. When I first prayed, I didn't know how to pray, but I knew how to cry because I had been crying a lot lately. I want you to know that God sees every tear. God sees the brokenness. God sees the failures, the mistakes, and everything you've gone through, visitor. But tonight I want to tell you that he can wipe away all the tears from your eyes, and he can give you peace. He can give you a new beginning. Oh, I'm reaching for somebody. Don't go to hell. Find an altar. Find Jesus. Get right with God before it's too late. Come on, let's lift our hands one more time as they sing. Come on, somebody, respond to the Lord tonight. Respond to the Lord tonight. Nobody else can make the decision for you. Nobody else can get you in that place. Oh, but you've got to step out, and you've got to speak to the Lord. Say, God, save me. Come on, somebody. I'm not turning back to this world. I'm not turning back to sin. I'm not turning back to destruction. Come on, somebody. Hold on to the things of God.
baptize Nathaniel in the name of Jesus Christ. The family would like to make their way up here. You can start heading up. From what I understand, Nathaniel's grandmother, Sister Susie Gonzalez, has taught him a Bible study. So he understands what this is for. He was praying last Sunday night and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's right. You can worship the Lord. God is filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So tonight we are going to baptize him in Jesus' name. baptize him church just continue to worship the Lord let God continue to move in this place I asked Nathaniel if he knew what this is for and he says yes it is for the remission of my sins hallelujah we thank you Jesus amen pray with me church heavenly father Lord we pray God that you would keep your hands upon Nathaniel I pray God that you would put a hedge around him Jesus as he makes Lord a commitment to you God to walk after you, Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would order his steps, God. I pray, Lord, that you would put a hedge around him, that you would direct this young man. Let him be a great vessel, a mighty vessel in the kingdom of God. Anoint him, Lord. Use him in a mighty way in the name that is above every name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Nathaniel Vincent Gonzalez, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins.
7 o'clock in the wells Tuesday nights. Hope you all have an awesome weekend, but don't stop praying. You do not have to leave. Jesus, Lord.